Yo, 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 Josh Chats, back at it again with another episode. Uh, this person uh, has been, I guess, recommended to me by a previous guest. So I've got no idea about this guy, but let's go for it. So guest, um, who are you? Yeah, g'day, uh, Stephen DeWine. I um, coach down at uh, Southside Gym with Zach and Vic Deutsch and... Uh, yeah, he uh, told me to come and give you a buzz and get onto it. Just like that, I'm onto it. All right, man. So, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, um, where you grew up, um, and just stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm a local boy. I um, grew up down in Allendale, went to Allendale Primary School down there. Uh, moved up, went to Mount High in year eight from there, went on to there, Um since then, I've moved around a fair bit, sort of spent a bit of time in Adelaide. I was overseas for a bit, a bit of time over the other side of Melbourne. Um, moved back here a few times and then probably probably three, four years ago now, I probably moved back and this is probably the longest stint that mm-hmm. I've, I've been back here for since since probably schooling times. Yep. All right, so... Allendale, huh? That's did you like have a property or a farm or how? What what was it like out there? Yeah, my parents had a uh, a farm down there. We had uh, we had fifty acres when uh, I was a young kid, um, and uh, they sold forty of them. Oh, there at some stage. Um, so we only had a small farm, and uh, me and my sisters we all rode horses. So we had oh, a bunch of horses on the property, and dogs and cats, and all sorts of farm life. That's cool. Like, as in, like, like competitive horse racing, or just you just you used to trot around sort of thing. Nah. So uh, I used to ride just as a as a young kid, um, just for fun. And yep. then uh, I was a really competitive kid when I was younger, and uh, eventually delved into the competition side of it. I still, to this day, I remember sitting in the stands at the uh, Mount Gambia show, thinking I'll be out there next year competing, and went uh, went and did it. Started off there and ended up making uh, a bit of a professional sport out of it there for a few years so are you for real yeah 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 <laughs> what that's yeah. crazy um all right all right shit okay we'll, we'll rewind it back to little little steven so how was family life growing up yeah oh, it was pretty pretty normal i'd say pretty normal um upbringing mum and dad like i said we uh, we were on a farm so it was always outside beating around in the dirt, rolling around, getting dirty, sweaty, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Farm mm-hmm. life, you know, knocking up fences and pulling shit down, building it, um, so, all that sort of stuff. So it was very hands-on sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. My um, my dad's one of those people. He's always on the go. He's sort of, he's up at the crack of dawn and doesn't come in till night time yep. back then. Um, so, yeah, he sort of, if you were stayed in bed, he'd come and drag you out of it and <laughs> give, you, give you something to do. Yep, nice. And siblings? You've got brothers and sisters? I've got two sisters, yep. And both, uh, both younger. Oh, yep. And what do, what do they do now? Uh, one of them works up at the mill in uh, Tarpena. Yep. Um, and she trains at the gym with me as well. Okay. Um, and then my middle sister, uh, he... Her and her partner have a uh, carpentry business, and oh, I think nice. she's planning on sort of quitting her job and moving full time into that. And oh, sweet! Expanding that, so. Nice, nice. All right, so yeah. Um, what did you want to be when you were growing up then? Oh, a Power Ranger. <laughs> which which colour? Oh, the black one. Yeah, sure. good, good. Sure. Yeah. Who was that, Zach? That was Zach, wasn't it? Oh, hey, there you, there you go. Um, 
And why aren't you a Power Ranger? Uh, I realise you just can't go and beat things up <laughs> all the time. You know, there comes a point where you sort of got a graph from that. But uh, every every little boy's dream being yep. a Power Ranger. So. Yep. Uh, well, did you have any, like, I guess, normal job, like, say, astronaut, firefighter, anything like that? Or you literally just wanted to Not really. fight I was, baddies? Yeah, pretty well. And then, obviously, I got into the, the riding um, oh, yep. at a young at a young point in time. And, um, you know, being a cowboy was was one of the ones that would have been all right to be. But, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, eventually I just drifted off into competition and sort of that's where I went from there. just wanted to ride and compete. Yep, nice. Okay, so um, Allendale East Primary School, is that where you went to? Yep. Yep. And tell us about that. How did you find primary school? Uh, I don't really have big memories of it, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, it was fairly, fairly normal. Um, I can't say I ever really enjoyed school. Yep. It was one of those things, I guess a lot of people go through it, that don't really enjoy it. But I suppose once you leave school, you realize, you know, what you missed and, yep. uh, you know, probably should have enjoyed it a little bit more than, than what I did. But, uh, yeah, no, apart from that, Allendale was good. Um, and then moving up to Mount High, that, uh, that was a bit of a change. Yeah, I was going to say, was that a bit challenging because going from such a smaller school and, you know, it's such a tight-knit community down at Allendale going into a probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, high school in Mount Gambier, how, how did you find that? Yeah, look, it was... Um, it was one of those things, you know, and, you know, I'm not special in saying this. A lot of people go through it, but, you know, bullying yep. was a huge thing. I guess everyone tends to have some form of that during their schoolhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was part of the reason that I moved schools. My parents sort of pulled me out of there and sent me up to Mount High for a bit of a change. Oh, so you're getting bullied at Allendale? Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I, I had, uh, I have some scars on on my head that when I was younger I was very um, particular about I didn't like anyone asking questions or anything yep, yep. Um, like that and uh, you know when people see something different they want to ask questions and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I just didn't didn't like it so um, some bullying sort of stems from that and uh, yeah sort of my parents pulled me out of there because I was just starting to get rebellious and all mm-hmm. that okay sort of thing, sent me to a new school and uh, obviously going to a new school with uh, hundreds of new people that you don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a bit daunting when I first went there, but I settled in and uh, enjoyed it while I was there. I'm going to start digging, man. So yeah. first thing, um, when you changed schools, did you cop shit as like, because Allendale being such a small school, did you see people like, you know, that were bullying, in, I guess, in the community in Allendale? Or not really? Um, look, I, I think bullying, you can see bullying everywhere. It's its one of those things that everywhere you turn, bullying can be happening in, in some sort of form or, or way. Um, so, yeah, look, everywhere you go, there there is a form of bullying, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you get bullied at Mount? Not, uh, not necessarily. Um it was funny because when I moved uh, to Mount High, um, my parents had a deal with the uh, the principal there that I was allowed to wear a hat. Okay. Everywhere I went, in class, out of class, wherever, because if, if people couldn't see the scar, yep. they couldn't ask the question. But then that, that started another issue that I was the only kid in the- class that was allowed to wear my hat all the time, yep. you know? So, yep. Um, 
but no, I, I got to a point, I think, I, I, I don't remember when it sort of happened, but I just sort of got past people questioning it mm-hmm. um, or, you know, even people noticing it. I sort of just moved past it. And I think that was just part of natural growth. You yep. sort of yep. happy in your own skin sort of thing and you move forward. May I ask what the scar's from? Yeah, sure. So when I was three or four, um, my dad... He's driven trucks his entire life. He used to drive interstate, um, so he spent a lot of time driving away. And uh, we were all, well, myself, mum and dad were on a trip. Can't remember where it was, where we were going, but uh, we had the air brakes, the air hoses on the uh, trailer blow, which in turn flipped the whole truck, rolled it over, and I went in under the front seat, crushed my skull, and uh, ended up with two titanium plates. One on either side of my head. So that's where all that came from. Holy fuck. You survived a truck accident. Like, what the hell? What? Oh, my God. Okay. I got... Okay, more questions. So funny you say that because my sister also has titanium in her body. Mm -hmm. Um, And when she goes through, like, the airports and stuff, she sometimes beeps. Do you beep? That has never happened to me. Yep. Never. Okay. Okay, that was my first thing I got to ask. Everyone asks that, but it's yeah, it's never never happened. And my second thing is, I guess, what did the what did the bully say that you know you started to get you know uptight and you know on on the offensive? Oh, look, it was you know just asking like, oh, you know, why have you got that bald spot on your head? Okay, you know stuff like that. It was probably when we're kids, you know, you get asked questions, and it may not even be bullying. People just want to know, and you know, I don't want to talk about it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. eventually. You just get defensive about it and, you know, it can appear, I guess, in my head that it's bullying because I'm constantly being yep. questioned over it. Well, that's bullying. It's it's a constant thing, I guess, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, that that's a that's a tricky one. Mm. Shit. I, I, okay. This is the first thing that's come to my mind is, I mean, it's probably completely the wrong tangent off topic, but do you see like that unwanted attention, like... To an extreme level, would be like a celebrity getting like um, approached by paparazzis and stuff like that. I mean, not nec- not necessarily. It, it's you know, I got asked uh, you know many times. Did um, did someone attack me with a uh, with a razor, something like that? Just because I had a spot on my head where mm-hmm. hair just never grew. Yep. Um, from that scar, so you know, just little comments like that all the time that. You know, I guess back then we're all we're all sensitive and whatever, and, mm. and uh, you know, I used to get really um, uptight about it. Now, like it, it doesn't bother me. Yep. One little bit, and I'm quite happy talking about it as well. So. Yep. There's I taught a student a couple of years ago, same sort of deal, but um, he had a hat. He was allowed to wear a hat, and again, the kids was like, "Why does he get to wear a hat?" And mm. so, people would start wearing hats, but. His hat had like this special like um, hearing system in it. And so um, instead of like, there used to be like, there's a thing that teachers would wear um, like a necklace around their uh, like neck and then um, they'd talk into it and he like that would pick up and send the voice into his ears because he couldn't hear like people, like the teacher from out the front. So um, it wasn't until, you know, that we addressed that as the school that... um, Everyone's like, oh, fuck, okay, this guy can't hear. Did you, did anyone, like anyone, did, not did the teacher say, or did you say like, this is what happened or did you not really share it back then? No, it was like the teachers all, all knew. Um, and I was fortunate enough that, you know, what I had was a, was a, I guess you'd call it a visual 
problem. It never affected me with anything through life. It was just a visual thing that I guess I got uptight about. I just didn't want people seeing it or, or asking about it or anything like that. Yep. Um, it's funny you say about the hat. I, I spent a year, um, must have been year six or seven, I reckon it was. I had, there was an issue with one of the plates um, and I eventually had to go and get it changed out, mm-hmm. put a new one in. Um, but I spent a year wearing a helmet, similar to what like the guys playing footy would wear. Oh, yeah. I, I spent a whole year. I had to wear it all the time because I couldn't, um, you know, hit my head against anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously copped a fair bit, yeah. of, fair bit of curry for that one. Um, that wasn't uh, probably wasn't my favourite year wearing that all the time, but it's one of those things. Man, that's... Have you had any, like, not repercussions, but what's, what's, has there been anything, like, bad or good? No, like, no. It's, was, just, it's just there sort of thing. Yeah, it's just there. I've, um, you know, like, I've, I've hit my head. I've, I've come off horses and been knocked out. Oh, yeah. I've had all that sort of thing um, and never, never had an issue with it, so. Well, that's good to hear, man. Man, that's fucking skits. There's, and I think this, I mean, every time I talk to someone on the show, like, the last one before you was just, I'm not going to name names or give it away but fucking hell people go through the craziest shit mm. and no one has any idea like i've just like when i just picked you up you're just like oh there he is and it's like oh i've got this i'm like what yeah. like it's yeah. it's actually mind-blowing all right so i guess the schooling experience out of 10 did, did you enjoy it you didn't enjoy it what, what did you take out of it do you think it's important now Um, for my own experience, like if I look back and grade it on what I did and what I got out of it back then, um, it'd probably be like a five, um, purely because I guess I didn't see the point of school. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, even into high school, you know, it was just a place that your parents sent you sort of thing. Um, you know, and since coming out of school, whether or not. It's important to finish. I think everyone should at least finish high school mm-hmm. for the the social aspect of it. You know, mm-hmm. learning social aspects in school, you know, having friends, all that sort of stuff. Because the way I sort of view the world, you come out of school, school doesn't stop. You suddenly go to a job. You're having to go somewhere mm-hmm. every single day. Um, and life is about who you know, like as in making friends, making connections, you know, we're all social people and yeah. that starts in school. Yeah, social you know? skills start at school. Um, you know, and look, I understand there's a lot of people that, and I was one of them as well, that just us and school just do not click and we're yep. better off out in the real world, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. learning it out there. But for me personally, if I could go back and, and just finish through to year 12, I don't think I would have gone to uni. Yep. Um you know, even if I'd gotten the scores or whatever to get in, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that would have been for me. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely go back and would have made myself finish just to finish school. Yep, so it's completed sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, um, so you finished school, then what did you do? Or you, you left school, sorry, and then and then what did you do? Yeah, so my mid-year exams in year 11, um, I did those, and then we had our mid-season break, and I was lucky enough... I was riding horses um, as a hobby back then, mm-hmm. um, and I managed to make it onto the state team, 
went away during that mid-season break and rode at nationals and the, the our state coach offered me a job to go and ride full-time to him live with him learn yep. he'd pay me to ride horses all that um and i had a big discussion with uh with my parents you know because at that point like i had no idea what i wanted to do out of school i had you know by year 11 you're supposed to be picking subjects that are going to put yep. you on that path i had no idea what i wanted to do yep. basically i was riding horses every weekend i loved doing that so for a you know 16 year old you're getting offered money to go and do your hobby well you jump at it don't you yeah 100 100 so um yeah so that's what i did i moved on my 16th birthday i moved out of home moved up to adelaide and uh started a professional career up there I've got to ask because I have no idea. What does a ho- what does a horse rider do? <laughs> well, there's, there's a, a, please just say ride horses. No, no. there's a there's a there's a wide range of things. I mean, um, you know, I went into the area of show jumping. Okay, um, that was what I thoroughly enjoyed. There's many different areas that you can go into, but that mm-hmm. was that was the one for me. Um, basically, my day. Uh, would look a little bit like cleaning, um, you know, stables first thing in the morning. Um, I'd ride probably six or seven horses until lunchtime, um, go and have lunch, come back out, ride four or five more, um, you know, feed up, rug up at night, tidy up, uh, anything that needed tidying up. And mm-hmm. that was pretty well my day, just training, riding coach, all that every day. Did you have a favourite horse? Uh, I had a uh, a pony that uh, was my first ever pony that I got. He was a little brown and white thing called Gizmo, mm-hmm. and um, to this to this day, he he was like my little brother. He 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 and I were so alike; it, it wasn't funny. We were both super super competitive. We both had a huge attitude. Yeah. And um, we got uh, really well known down here um, because we'd go to a competition in the uh, the warm up ring. He would dump me on my ass twenty times until I was bawling my eyes out. Didn't want to ride. Didn't want to do anything. <laughs> Mum and Dad forced me to get back on. I'd get back on, and we'd go and win the class. That's fucking cool. He was he was an absolute asshole of a pony, but the minute you got him like into competition, a competition. Time. Yep. It was ears pinned back, win at all costs. It was, it was, oh. That's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Wow. Okay. So I don't even know. So you've, how long did you ride for? Uh, so I rode uh, right up until I was 22 or three. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, uh, so I'd done a fair bit by then. I'd been overseas. I'd come home and um, I ended up riding for a guy over in Melbourne or the other side of Melbourne in Mornington Peninsula mm-hmm. over there. And uh, it just didn't work out very well. He wasn't uh, the greatest individual to work for. Okay. Um, he was He was a great, he was one of those people that he was a great person to know. Like if you got along with him as mates, really good. Mm-hmm. But to work for, yep. just horrible, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I was uh, seeing a lass over there at the time. She wasn't into riding. Um, I was playing footy on the side, just 
you know, keep a bit of fitness in there and mm-hmm. keep me away from horses from time to time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just got to a point one day I was uh, training this young horse and I was having just a nightmare with it. And um, he came out and sort of gave me a, a big big mouthful saying I was ruining all his horses and all, wow. <laughs> all of this stuff. And I literally looked at him. I got off. I handed him the reins. And that was the last time I rode professional or, you know, as a full-time thing. Holy, so, do, do you – I'm not going to say regret that, but do you – look back and then go like that's I should have approached that better or that's how you wanted to approach that situation oh it's it's hard because you know there's nothing I can do about it like it's it's what happened yeah um, sure sure I could go back and change the situation and do things differently um am I happy I got out when I did there's there's been times I'm happy about it um it's a very I suppose there's a lot of sports that are like this, but it's a very political ah. sort of world to, to be in. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and there's a lot of uh, things that go on that I guess are unfair. You know, I spent a lot of time riding, spending a lot of time training, you know, up to seven, eight, nine hours a day mm. training. Um, but, you know, I was never a wealthy person. I can't go out and buy you know, really good horses. You know, I can train horses to be good. Yep. But uh, it used to get extremely frustrating when, you know, someone who doesn't have the talent or puts in the time that you're putting in, even half the time, mm. they come in and buy a, you know, million-dollar horse and uh, they can compete with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and win. Yeah. But to them, a win is, is just a win. It's, you know, to me, it's it's that... 40 hours of work that I've put in coming to coming to a win it's all paid off do you think like that so they're like buying the win sort of thing oh that happens in a sport all the time that is at, at the top level that's that's what happens that's you just you buy the horsepower but so. and pun intended yeah. um wow okay and so that just did, did you accept that for what it is or it didn't sit well with you at times or how how do you because that oh. just seems shit like you know if you're like I mean that and I guess that's that's life though isn't it like you can if you've got money, you've got options, and rich people just do what they want, don't they? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, when I was at that stage, when I was just competing in Adelaide, you know, I, I took it um, not as a as a challenge, but you know, it meant a lot more to me when I was successful, mm-hmm. you know, because I knew that I'd earned it every step of the way. Yeah, um, and it, and it did light a fire inside of me every time you know someone would do that you know buy fancy horses and, and come and want to compete with you mm-hmm. and um you know so it used to drive me quite a lot seeing all of that um but yeah by the time i got to over to the other side of melbourne i was just starting to burn out you know i was riding for somebody else and when you ride somebody else's horses there's that flip of a coin that they can be a really good person to ride for. They can give you some good horses. Mm-hmm. And the other side of that is you can train a young horse up, have it pretty well going well. Finally, you've got a good horse under you. And mm. then that, because it is a business, mm. that horse gets sold out yep. from underneath you. And yep. Suddenly you're back to square one. So you can be a great rider on not so good horses. Mm. And you can be a sh- shit rider on, awesome on really, really good horses. You yeah. Know? Yep. It's... it's can be frustrating, but uh, it was something I, I took on and challenged, and I was 
successful enough and I was happy and yeah. Last horse related question. Mm-hmm. What makes a good horse? What makes a good horse? Like how, so like you've just said, they can buy a good horse or a successful horse. What makes a horse good? Uh, breeding would be a, would be a start. Yep. Um, depends on what sort of rider you are. There's, there's, there's conflicting, um, styles of riding. We call it the, the American style or the, the German style, um, is basically probably the two most influential in show jumping. Okay. Um, styles you know americans tend to ride very light and fast almost your thoroughbred oh, yep. sort of type of horses very forward going horses germans like to ride warm bloods very big chunky yep. muscly quite powerful but they've got no natural motor so as a rider you have to work really really hard on that horse okay. whereas you know the thoroughbred style of horse will just carry you along yep and you just sort of sit there and, and work it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, they both have, look, I've ridden both and I've had some really good horses of both types. Mm-hmm. Ideally, for me personally, a perfect blend of the two. Um, you know, I, I like a nice, big, chunky sort of a horse that's sort of got a bit of fire in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, When I competed, I've had two chestnut mares um and in the horse world if you have a redhead woman yep. which is what i rode they're generally psychos okay um and i worked best with these two horses like i'd managed to ride these two horses that were absolute nutters yeah but i had the most success on these two horses out of all the ones that i rode so i guess hot and fiery is, is what i work best with yep nice well, okay. So that I got okay. I've I've got one more question. I, I lied. Yep. So, what what are you looking? Say, if I'm Mister Rich Man and I'm looking to buy the the awesome horse, what skills or traits or I guess you know um, attributes am I looking for to make my ride as easy as possible? Uh, as well as educated horses you can find. Um, generally, that's all your flat work and. Basic commands, okay. stuff like that. What a horse that's been really drilled in for that. Um, for me, if you were someone who hadn't had a lot of experience, obviously having a horse with a little bit of engine on its own, like you don't have to work so hard. Um, and then just a careful, brave horse. Um, and what we mean by that is a brave horse is one that you're going to take to a fence and even if you as a rider slightly get it wrong mm-hmm. that horse is going to save your ass okay like it's still gonna have like, a crack like common sense almost yeah well <laughs> you not, know ri- riders aren't aren't perfect and we we never get it right all the time so yeah. having a horse that uh, can bail you out yeah. of a, a mistake is uh, is what you want and then you want a careful horse that um does not want to touch that jump <laughs> okay okay so all right, so you've you've left the Mornington Mornington Peninsula. What are you doing now? Right now, oh, I guess. What did you do after that? You uh, know? Well, after that, I uh, I came home. Um, I was pl- obviously playing footy over there, and when I came home, I dived right into footy back here. Mm-hmm. Um, I played all my footy down here for Port McDonald. Yep. Um, yeah, played there a fair bit, and literally, I wasn't really doing much of anything. I was working on a farm, playing footy, um, 
did that for a couple of years. I just, just, sort of just sort went, of went through the motions yep. sort of thing, just hung out with mates, did that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, I had the, the uh, grand notion that I was going to go and join the police. Yep. Um, so I uh, decided at the end of one season that I was going to pack up, I was going to move up to uh, Adelaide and uh, go through all of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was probably a really bad decision. <laughs> what happened? Uh, well, I probably went through, oh, two or three years of just miserable mistakes and okay. uh, a, lot of, a lot of bad shit. And uh, so I moved up there, really had no set plan on how things were going to work out. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I moved in. With a mate, I had a job offered to me to uh, work in a nightclub downtown, and then uh, I was doing some side work for uh, another guy on a farm close to where I lived, because I yep. lived up in the hills. Okay. Um, but obviously, like, I was working down in the city, sort of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yep. and then uh, on the farm during the week. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so when I got up there, the guy that I was working for on the farm, he was a guy I knew through the horse world. Okay. And uh, he was one of these people that everybody knew him as a dodgy individual. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I sort of just overlooked that fact and went and worked for him. And first few weeks, everything was everything went fine. Um, and then uh, I went two weeks without pay. And then it was three and then four. And then back then I sort of, I was of the mindset, you know, now, like if I went two weeks without a pay, I'd stop working. Yep. You know, but back then my mindset was, well, if I stop working, I'm not going to get paid mm-hmm. anyway. You know, mm-hmm. so you sort of just keep going. And yeah, I got uh, into a fairly, fairly big financial um, issues mm-hmm. and all that up there. Um, yeah, got myself into a fair bit of trouble, um, just through that, never ended up getting paid, um, any of that, which was uh, a bit of a pain, but, uh, I had a bit of a saving grace. One of the guys, uh, I was playing football for at, uh, Yep. in the hills there. One of the guys there was a uh, landscaper, had his own business. Okay. Um, and he basically gave me some work. He was paying me cash there for a while and it started off as like a day or two here just so I could get some cash in my pocket and then you know by a couple of weeks in I was sort of three four days and he said well you may as well just come and work for me yep nice full time so and and that's uh that two or three years with him was was good he gave me a bit of structure he put money in my pocket he worked my ass off mm-hmm. um oh to this day some of the days I did with him the uh, toughest days I reckon I've ever done done working um, but yeah then uh, I started getting a little bit to the stage where I was playing footy you know I was working as a tradie I was you know hanging out with the boys on the weekend doing all that I, you yep. know, I started going downtown you know drinking all the time yep. um, and then I managed to uh, get myself into a bit of a drug problem as well Okay. Um, so up in the hills, you know, cocaine's one of those things that seems to be fairly easy to get your hands on. Wow. Um, 
so yeah, I, you know, I went through a stage, I had a rough breakup with a girl I was seeing up there and, you know, I, I just started turning and hanging out with these boys all the time and, and, you know, you started getting into everything they were doing. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I started getting into that, um, real bad and, uh, yeah, I remember a couple, well, before I moved back home, there was, a a long weekend that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a four day weekend that we had. And, uh, I remember we got on it and I spent two and a half grand in four days on basically Coke and alcohol for that, for that weekend. Um, just destroyed myself. I reckon I had three hours sleep over the four days. Fuck. Like I was, uh, I'd, I've, my whole life, I've, I've never, never really been in, in a fight or kicked out of a, a club or anything. Like I'm not an aggressive individual, but those four days I got kicked out of everywhere I was. Every time I went somewhere, we, uh, yeah, I was just a menace for those four days. And then <laughs> coming down hell. off of those four days during the week back at work, like the guy, um, he ended up ringing my parents and, uh, back then my parents and I did not have a relationship. We basically didn't talk, didn't, you know, I think the last time I saw my dad, we, uh, we ended up in a bit of a swinging match. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, things weren't great there. So he ended up ringing my, um, my parents and they happened to be in Adelaide at the time oh, and said, look, you gotta, you gotta come and get him. He's, you know, he's, he's going downhill pretty quick. Yeah. And, um, I, to this day, I remember them turning up at, at my house and mum taking one look at me and like, I was waiting for it. My, my, my dad's, you know, he'll, he'll give me a serve over anything, but they both looked at me and, and I could tell they came with the intention to give me a serving. Yep. They both looked at me and didn't say a word, like just took me home. Um, you know, they, they, I was about 13 kilos lighter than the last time they saw me, you know, I'd, yeah, everything had just shrunk off me. Um, I was no good. And then, uh, so there was another underlying issue there as well. Um, I'm a type one diabetic. And, uh, so through basically all that sort of time, I went through a phase where I got really ignorant to the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I thought I was young, fit, healthy, you know, I played footy, I was strong, I was all, all that sort of stuff. And I, back then I didn't have anything going wrong yep. with me. Yep. Um, you know, so I got very ignorant to the fact and, you know, wasn't looking after myself, wasn't really taking the medication that I was supposed to be taking. Um, you know, that combined with the drinking and, and, and all Abuse, that. Abuse, yep. And, and all that. It, uh, yeah, I was spiraling out of, out of control pretty quick. Yeah, so my parents uh, brought me home and um, sort of, I, it was one of those things that they didn't have to say anything to me. By the time I came home and realised, I guess, the damage that had been caused to, to myself, to, to people I knew, because I, I was a complete menace while I was up there. Um, you know, I came home, basically stuck my head down, went to work and went through all that. Fucking hell, man. That's... A life story. That's a lot. That is a lot. All right. 
I want to I want to move on, but I'm still I'm sure I'm, some of the questions will we'll probably dive into that whole yeah. Then but we'll, just, we'll we'll keep on going. So, what do you currently do now as as for work? Uh, so I work out in the bush. I work for Tabeels Operating Machinery um, out there. So I do twelve hours a day out there, and then uh, like I said, I coach down at um, Southside with Zach and Vic. So I do that pretty well straight after work. Um, on most nights. Yep. So. Yep. Okay, and I guess the, that question is if you can, I mean, you can take this and run with it. I'm sure you can apply it to your horse riding mm-hmm. or, um, or training or coaching or out in the bush. If there was one thing that you wish you were told before you started, uh, what do you wish you knew? Uh, there's no harm in saying no, I guess. And what I mean by that is, you know, I went a long time in work, in anything I did where you go through and you want to you want to please people, you know, so, say for work, you know, someone asks you to stay back, okay, yes, you're going to say yes because you want to impress that mm. that person. As I've gotten older, I've gotten to a point where I'm more concerned about what I want to do. Yep. So I, I have, I don't want to use the word disappoint people, but I'm not as worried about saying no to someone and them being disappointed if, if they want to be disappointed because i can't help that's i guess their view of it mm-hmm. my view is you know if i'm burnt out and i don't want to do something i'm not going to do it yep you know yep. I'm, I'm better off doing the things that i enjoy doing because then i'm going to get out of bed and hit it 100 percent every day mm. as opposed to just going through the motion and never changing anything mm. so for me, the biggest thing is saying no. Now, it's if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. I think that's that's really important to touch on for a minute because I mean, not to turn it on me, but <clears throat> I remember when I was um, teaching up at, well, I still teach at Millicent, but there came a time where I got a chance to become permanent. Yep. Uh, and I didn't want to, and I said no and quit. Um, and and like everyone was just like, "What are you doing? Like, you know, permanency is like that's what all teachers want." I was like. Mm. Yeah, but I value my time. Like, I don't want to be, not stuck, but I only want to do X amount of work. And, like, once it comes to that stage when, like, saying no, like, say, if I'm contracted to do this uh, and they want me to do extra, well, I still value my time so much that if you want me, if you want my time to be now your time, Mm. I need something more than just my normal pay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And I, I don't think that's... You've got to really, I think you respect yourself more if you can do that as well mm. um, because you don't devalue yourself. You know, if, if you've got plans or if you, you're you supposed to be doing this amount um, and you, you know, say no and this is, oh, I will give you my time but it's going to cost you this much yeah. or this much more. Um, it's not so much a power thing. I think it's just knowing your worth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think... I've gotten to a point as I've gotten older, like now being 30 already, you know, most of my young years are, are behind me. Like 30 is not old by any means, but I guess I've gotten to a point where you suddenly realise like life's going to go by fairly quick. Yeah. You know, so I'd rather spend more time doing what I like to do. Yep. You know, and it's funny when you talk to some people about that, they say, no, no, you've got to earn as much as you can while you can. And I'm like, oh. I mean, they say money doesn't buy everything, but everyone's opinion on what they want in life is, mm. is different and what people judge success by is, is different. 100%. Um, and for me, you know, 
I'm not interested in in having a fancy house or a fancy car. Like it just doesn't vibe with me. Like yep. I just, I'd rather just do as many things that I enjoy doing yep. and you know, making it work out of that. Like, no, that's awesome. Yeah, that's sick. Um, it's cool to see that someone's not so, um, I get not materialistic, but you know, your narrative and what you want to create isn't like what everyone else is mm. that I see is. So that's that's really cool to see, man. All right, next question. What have been the best resources that have helped you along the way in life? Uh, I definitely think people for me personally, um, yeah. especially mentors early on in life. Um, yeah, I had uh, the guy I worked for in Adelaide. I was with him, you know, living with his family, um, training under him. He basically took me to competitions. He was virtually my dad. Yep for four years from 16 um, through to 20 there. Um, you know, so he had a huge impact, not just from a writing point of view, but, you know, being that father figure. I spent yep. all my time with him, learning from him with with his wife, with his son, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he was a huge impact on me and, and I guess who I am now, the way I talk, the way I think about things, you know. Yep. Um, I can relate a lot of it back to things that I've learnt from him. Yep. Um, in recent years, um, he may find it a bit corny, but Zach's probably one that I've learnt a lot from. Yep. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time with him and him and Vic, and they've had a huge influence on my life, um, which I'm incredibly grateful for and have learnt quite a lot. Um other than that, I, I guess experiences are, are the biggest learning curve of yep. all, you know, good, bad, whatever it is, everything is a learning experience and that's how you should take it on its merit mm-hmm. is learning from it and going from there. hundred percent. I don't know. Have you, I recently released a thing called, um, fatherless childhood episode. Have you happened to listen to I that? I have not listened to that. Because what you've just said, uh, about, um, the mannerisms and learning from, the, the guy up in Adelaide and also from Zach just rings so true to what I've said. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. so cool that someone else, it, it just, yeah, you have to give it a, give it a whirl. Oh. It's only 25 minutes, but that's, yeah. I, and I think, you know, I, I, if you haven't listened to that episode, listen to that and then just re-listen to what um, Stephen said and you'll just be like, I think I'll, I'll, I'll just quickly touch on it. There's a thing with boys that when you hang around other boys, there's like this energy flow and like mannerisms, traits, goods, bads, just how you conduct yourself is just transferred, whether you're aware of it or not. And like you've just said, you started to talk like him. You started to, you know, behave like him. And then it just, it just all, I don't know how to explain it, but it just, that's just how boys work. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, okay. Uh, what is a common myth? Again, you can take this from any, any one of your jobs or professions. What's a common myth um, in your field that you want to just debunk? So that's a load of shit. A common myth. Yep. Jeez, uh, I don't really uh, know where to go with that one. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. No, that's cool. Be, that's to cool. Be, to be honest, is uh, there is there much shit talked about horse riders? Oh, look, I think when I was younger, obviously riding horses, you know, other other boys are out racing their motorbikes yeah. and and doing all that. So you know, it, it's viewed as a as a girly sort of sport. Mm-hmm. Um, as I 
got into competition though, you, you find that there are quite a lot of blokes that do it. And I've made some great mates that uh, that ride horses. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, quite a good amount of friends. Some of the best riders in the world are, are blokes, you know, so. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. All right. We'll start getting into the bulk of these questions now, man. Yep. What shit doesn't work? What shit doesn't work? Yep. Oh, keto diet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Oh, it's uh, it's funny. It's um, you know, before the the uh, the gym and everything, I was, I've never really. I was one of those kids growing up that I would literally eat anything. It, it, you know, I've never put on weight. I've never, you know, it's yep. never bothered me at all. I, mm-hmm. I can eat anything. Um, as I've become diabetic, that's obviously changed. I can't eat whatever I like anymore. Yep. Um, but uh, recently I've been into James Smith. Yep. And uh, just following his philosophy on on dieting and all that. And mm-hmm. I've, I've never really looked into keto or, you know, any of these other diets, intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. all of this. And the way he explains it as you could literally take any of those diets and they are all classed as being in a calorie deficit surplus or maintenance. Yep. What it, you can slap any name you like on a diet. Yep. That is what you're doing. It's basic maths. <laughs> so for me, um, you know, what he explains, taking, I guess, waddling through the bullshit of the fitness industry that we tend to do. We tend to take something so simple, slap something fancy across it and say it's a new thing. See if we can make some money. Yeah. You know, for him to constantly be stripping everything back to it's black and white. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that's huge. Yeah, it is. That's that's a good one. Yeah, a lot of, and I think I guess that's why they're called fad diets. You know, it doesn't. It's not sustainable. Like at the end of the day, you can pretty much, like you've said, you can eat what you want. If you eat more than what your body uses, uh, you're going to gain weight. If you eat what your body uses, you're going to stay the same. And if you burn more than what you put in, you will lose weight. And it's that simple. Exactly. All right, man. Um, have you had a light bulb moment? And what I mean by that has there just been a point in your life where things just went. Fuck, I get it. Um, there's probably been a couple. Um, obviously, coming back from Adelaide through all that shit, coming home, and, and my parents, the way they changed their approach to me. Mm-hmm. It's probably not a light bulb moment in a good way. It was probably like a, like shit. Like I've, I've oh, fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. Yep. You know, and so from that point, like, you know, I, I went, clean off it um you know work just started working my ass off stuff like that so that in its sense was a light bulb moment for me um and uh like i'll touch on him again because i'm all about him at the moment but you know i've only just recently sort of bought james's books and i guess started following him and listening and reading what he writes yeah and, and a lot of what he's what he says has just changed my mindset on things, um, you know, and I'm finding every day, like I said before, I'm becoming more and more about doing things that I want to do and, and mm-hmm. not caring about the status quo. Yep. A lot of that is, is purely from what he has said, you know, and it's, it's funny. And I've said this many times to many people, like we all get told the same things like throughout our life. 
but it always takes just one person to say it either slightly differently or, yep. or you just hear it differently yep and suddenly yep oh it makes sense but but people have been telling you all the time yep you know yep i know exactly what you mean it's not until I don't know because I I used to oh, I I do rate James Smith a lot. I think he's I like how he's so blunt, black and white, mm. and it's he swears and doesn't give a shit, and he'll call people out and shit as well. Like, yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I read um, uh, not a life coach, and I really really enjoyed. Um, have you read that? Yeah. I've just finished it. The the chapter about going up ladders. Um, how he says oh, getting to the top and, and realizing you're on this, the wrong one. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that hit me for fucking six because that's just my whole teaching career to be honest yeah, um yeah. and then he's like you've got like you know you can either stay at the ladder and look around or you can literally just go to try a new ladder and yeah, it's, yeah. it's that simple you don't you don't have to keep doing what you don't want to do yeah, yeah. and it's so hard to i don't know like break that like stigma or you know that that you should be doing this because and it's like well no that's this is my life i can do what i want to do in my life and yeah 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 and I think that's really freeing and super powerful to mm. anyone listening. If there's something you want to do, as I guess, you know, like we can both vouch for it, just do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're better off. I mean, we're so ingrained with ourselves that we have to go into a job, whether we like it or not. We have to be there. We have to earn our paycheck. We have to go through that dreary shit every day to create what other people see as success. Yeah. It's not what you may see as success, mm. but it's what other people have taught you yep. to view as success. Yep. Um, and that is a hard wall to break through for people. And, you know, I'm only going through it now and, and accepting it that I don't care if I'm wealthy. I mean, I'm quite happy just to live paycheck to paycheck. If, if I'm out riding my skateboard every couple of days, if I'm going to the beach, if I'm just doing shit that I want to do... Mm. Christ, I'm as successful as the uh, rich man. It's when when you truly stop giving a fuck, it is just the best. Mm. Because yeah, you, 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 people can say what they want. I mean, I guess again, you know, that money does buy options. So if you, I mean, it doesn't really matter at the moment. You can't travel anyway. But I do like traveling. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it all comes perspective and what what you want to do and what you find like what is. To be successful, I'd rather be happy than, like I said, work. Oh, that's why I've, I've cut my hours back in teaching massively because yeah. I like, I can't do this otherwise. Yeah. All right, man. Can of Worms question. Do you think boys and girls are equal? <laughs> this uh, actually got brought up at uh, breakfast this morning. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I Look, I don't think we're equal. But I think whether you're a male or a female or whatever um, you class yourself as, we all have equal opportunity. Yep. It's what you choose to do with your opportunities that matters. Mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. I've seen many women go into a male industry and do well. Mm -hmm. I've seen males go into a female industry and do well. Mm -hmm. So... Are we born equal? I, can, I, I can't say yes, but yep. we have equal opportunity. Everyone can create the life they want. 100%. I guess, okay, going on from that, what benefits do you, th do you think you get from being male? 
Um, I'm uh, I'm in extreme awe and respect of women that go through pregnancy, mm-hmm. and I am extremely happy that I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Look, uh, you know, the stuff that uh, women go through, um, you know, with their own bodies and that, we as men can never understand it. No. We have no idea. You know, we, we talk about the man flu and how how bad that is. Mate, the <laughs> flu sucks. <laughs> we talk about how bad that is and yet women, you know, go through so much all the time and battle through it. I guess it's one of those things that, um, and this is just, just my opinion, and I don't know, there's no real facts behind it, but, you know, men, we're sort of, as kids, we're out rolling in dirt, cutting ourselves, getting bruised up. It seems like physical injury we tend to bear better just because we're always hurting ourselves, Mm, mm. Um, you know, but I guess the internal stuff that women go through, they they bear a lot of shit that, oh, oh, there's no way I'd want to go through it. And, And I've got healthy respect for women that go through the stuff that they go through. I, like... Every partner I've had, whenever it's, you know, they're menstruating and it's just like, you can see the agony when they're having a cramp or their back hurts or they just lose their appetite. And they do that every fucking month for, I don't know how many years, 40 plus years. Man. I mean, I have a flu probably once a year and it hits me for six and I think I'm dying. But <laughs> Mate, we are dying. I can I can attest as a male, the man flu is real. Um, but yeah, like it's just, we do get it. I think, I mean, I think my side of the, okay, not my side of the coin, but how I, I view it is both sexes have advantages and disadvantages. And um, when you have those advantages and privilege, um, you don't see them because, you know, you've got them. A privilege is invisible to those who have it. Yeah. Um, but when there's a disadvantage, um, there's a big uproar for both sides as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, that's just how I see it. So I guess I guess my next question is what disadvantages do you think you get from being a male? From being a male? Yeah. Um, I, I think... I think there's always going to be that stigma of the sensitive male. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and you know we should be alpha males and and all on all this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't be have that sensitive side to you. Um, you know, there's there's always going to be that stigma around it, yep. and that's uh, that's a bit of a shame because um, you know I'm not saying I'm I'm an emotional <laughs> individual by any means, but I, I just feel like and the, and this goes into you know. I guess it touches a little bit into mental illness as well, and which is um, something I'm big on at the moment. But, you know, being able to talk about something that's going wrong with yourself is not seen as a, you know, a burly bloke yeah. sort of a thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's seen as, I guess, a weakness yeah. you know, is the way it's viewed, which it's absolutely not. Um, you know, it would be good if, if we as guys were happy even just talking amongst each other mm. um, about shit that goes wrong. Yep. You know, and being comfortable doing it, you know, yep. not, not feeling, you know, shit, am I going to be called a soft cock or, yeah. or something like yeah. that? Yeah. You know? I think that goes, I think that, and I agree, it is a disadvantage because, I mean, if we go back to, you know, say, like early, early, early on, 
the whole idea of a female of a male's role really is to you know procreate and get a tra- like females to be attracted to them and unfortunately the, the real the reality is um females aren't really attracted to boys that cry mm. like it's they want that strong i look at it as like a mountain figure like nothing phases them and whether that be stubborn or arrogant or whatever unfortunately that's just you can't tell me honestly that the, the alpha, like, as I know we were just talking about, you were saying about alphas and, and betas, I guess. The alpha male will always, like, get the girl. Like, there's a saying um, that says alpha fucks and beta bucks, which is usually the sensitive person will make all the money, but the alpha is the one doing what the beta wants to be doing. Yeah. And it sucks. It's, and I think it, it's not fair, but, you know, you don't have that choice as the beta to get women's attraction. Like, the women's attracted to what the women likes. You know, you can't... Can you buy attraction? Well, it depends how rich you are, I suppose. It depends on the uh, the women. But uh, one thing that I truly believe in, you know, and talking about alpha males who, you know, get the girls who are successful, all that stuff, um, I don't believe there's a guy out there who doesn't have something wrong, something that's going wrong in their life oh. or something... Behind the scenes, whether or not you're good at showing it mm. or hiding it mm. or, or even dealing with it, mm. there's always something that somebody is going through. I mean, you know, going back to the, the start of this talk, you know, how many people that you would have spoken to that have literally jumped into your car, you haven't known them, suddenly they drop a bomb on you. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck out. I never knew that. Yeah. It's, it's, and I guess, you know, I, it's, it comes back to as a male, can you hold frame? Like, do you, it's not about, I mean, that's a whole other can of worms. Is it about sharing, you know, does that make you weak or all that sort of stuff? But you're right. Every person that has gotten this car has had something just mind-blowing that you you could not pick it in a million years that, that that's happened to them. Yep, yep. Everybody has a story. Everybody. All right, man. What do you believe most people are doing wrong day to day? Not living. Care to elaborate on that? Well, it goes a little bit back to, you know, what we were discussing about success and stuff like that. You know, I find a lot of people, um, you know, if I, it's a funny question that I like to ask is if I told you that 12 months to the day from now, mm. you're going to drop dead. Yep. How does your life suddenly change between now and then? I guarantee you would stop working your ass off every day and you would suddenly start spending more time with your family. You'd go and do things that you want to do. Mm. You'd start doing all of these things that are on your bucket list. Yep. Suddenly, just because I've put a time frame on something. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. You start going after things that you want to do, you know, and it's funny when you talk to people and like, oh, you ever going on that holiday? Oh, I'm just waiting to do dot 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 you can do that now yeah you don't have to wait yeah you know so that's what i mean when i say people aren't living stop waiting if you want to do something go do it Mm. tomorrow isn't guaranteed either i mean if it if it's money you'll find a way you will find a way i mean and this goes into look at covid and what that's done for everyone man People didn't think that 
they could work from home are suddenly working from home. Yeah. Hundred percent. You know, we we were we had privileges taken from us, and yet the world didn't stop. No, they kept going. No, the sun kept coming up and going down every day. Mm. We're all still here. It's interesting you say that though. Imagine, I mean, we've had it fucking pretty good in Australia though. I think yeah. Oh look, as as much as you know, everyone rags on the government and everything. They have been, in my opinion, top notch on. On what we've done, we're, mm. we're we're well ahead of anyone else yep. in the world. Mm. Um, you know, and and to elaborate on that even further, SA. You know, if, here in Mangambia, we've been extremely lucky. Yep. In in you know, what we've had. I've got to ask: Have you? Do you know anyone that's had it? Uh, no. No. Yeah, neither. No. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's fucking crazy, isn't it? It's it's, 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 it's all you hear about, but. It's one of those things I even got asked about it this morning about, um, we were actually reading through your questions oh, yeah. and, um, yeah, that one come up and I, and I, and I said, look, you know, this may be a bad way to say it, but COVID for me, and I understand that a lot of people got shut down. Like our gym was closed for, for a while there. I, I'm lucky enough. I've got two jobs. Um, but my other job didn't stop. Yep. You know, so if you asked me how COVID affected me personally, mm. well, to be completely honest, it really hasn't. Yep. Nothing, aside from, you know, interstate travel, which I haven't done a whole lot of recently anyway, um, my day-to-day life has not really changed. You know, when, when the gyms were closed, we took everything online. So I'm still training at home. Mm. I'm still, I can still go for a run. I can still... Yeah, you know, just because a gym is closed doesn't mean fitness stops. Like, yeah, you can keep moving. Hundred percent, man. It's just, I guess, it comes back to comfort. You know, like, there's a person that I listen uh, listen to, and he says that COVID was the great exposure, mm. um, and it just really shows how much you rely on other things. But if you really want something, you can still do it. Like, you can do push ups, you can do squats, you Absolutely. can run Absolutely. in your backyard, anything like that. It just mm. comes to how bad you want it. Yeah, I think. I think. In some ways, it's it's a good thing. Obviously, a lot of people have seen the other side of that coin, oh, and yeah. you know, my heart goes out to anyone who's who's you know struggled like that with business, with anything um, like that. But yeah, I, I can't say it enough that it really has shown the world that we can take you away from your normal life, mm-hmm. but you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yep. Hundred yeah. percent. What do you think people overlook? So what people, what do you think people aren't doing enough of? Um, well, again, it taps into what I said with the last one, but just looking after themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's from, from a gym point of view, you know, we, we've um, talked about recovery quite a lot. You know, we see guys come in and smash themselves four or five times a day, yeah. you know, but training, you know, that hour of training is, is one small piece of the puzzle mm. you know there's there's recovery in the forms of of mobilization um you know your food your sleep your water intake um and as simple as getting out and getting some fresh air yeah is uh is huge mm. and i don't think i don't think people look at those things as an important part of your week yep you know but they are huge if you're eating well sleeping well you're getting plenty of water i mean 
cross the money. You, your GP will buy a Christmas present. Yeah, because you're suddenly ticking off. Yeah. Huge boxes there. Why do you think people don't take? Why do you think people care then, or not care? Why do they? Why don't they do if there's such good benefit to it? <laughs> this is uh, it's a funny answer that I have for this, but I think, and I've found this my whole life. People really struggle with a simple answer. Yeah. Really struggle with it, and you only have to look at our our fitness industry. Uh, trying to make money, anything you do, we're always looking for the secret pill. Yeah. You know, the, what's the next fad I can get onto? If you're tired, go to bed earlier. Yep. Okay. If you're slightly overweight, have a look at what you're eating. Stop eating shit. Mm. Okay. Eat a little bit less. Eat a bit less. You know, and, and uh, I'm a big believer in um, just eat meat, veg, yep. fruit. Like eat the normal things mm. and you'll be fine. You mm. don't need to radically change your diet. Mm. You know, for, for I believe nine out of 10 people, if I told you to write me down what you eat for the week, I could literally change two things yep. and make a huge change. Yep. And I, and I believe that. I truly believe that simple changes in people's lives are the biggest things that can change your life, but we don't want to accept that. We don't. It's too easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people like to complicate things and then justify it. And then when they don't get the results, oh, pff, I don't know. Mm. That's the bit that I just don't get. But yeah, yeah, it's it's like I said, losing weight is just a numbers thing. To get better and stronger, it's it's a numbers thing. Like it's all just yeah, I don't know, man. That's it's so true. It's it's literally simple shit. Mm. And I guess that comes to, I was having a chat with another person. We were saying how like sayings and cliches ring true. And there's a time when it's just like, oh, I get it now. But it's literally the plain things are the main things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Who do you look up to? Who do I look up to? Um, obviously, you know, Zach's a big one. Yep. That's, that's uh, you know, I work with him. I train with him. He's my coach. Um, and, and he's a good mate. Um James, yeah, James Smith is probably mm-hmm. one that I've lent on recently. Like, just learning from him, his views, stuff like that, um, has always been a big one. Obviously, my coach Clive, from when I was younger, those those growth years, you know, from sixteen through to twenty, there, um, you know, he was, yeah, huge, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. huge for me. So, all right, this is I've got no idea where this is going to go. Tell me about your biggest setback. My biggest setback, uh, probably my own head, really. Um, you know, something. There's another reason that I look up to Zach is is he's, you know, dealt well not dealt with, but he's been there for me with a few mental issues that I've had. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a big thinking sort of person. Like I'll think about something that's that's said to me, or before I say something, I, I think almost too in depth about it yep um and i get carried away with myself um sometimes um so you know being in my own head sometimes is a bit of a <laughs> bit of an issue um you know so i've been through a fair bit of shit there and i found there one day zach pulled me aside and, and just sat me down at the gym and, and we had a, a big talk about a a lot of things that were going wrong with me with with, with health with my own head with training, with my dieting, um, 
even down to relationships that I kept getting myself into. Um, you know, and it was just sitting down, like he, he was no doctor about it. He didn't try and fix me, but it was literally just sitting there and being able to tell him yep. everything. Yep. That was in itself fixing me, you know, without, without, you know, getting into the problems no, that's cool. themselves, that's cool. um, as in fixing the problems, um, you know, just being able to share it with somebody else and then look at you and accept it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was a huge weight. Born, so. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. That's, I mean, I guess, I mean, I, Zach's, I, I don't have really much interaction with Zach, but I mean, my mum trains with him and he, she can't speak highly enough of the guy. So yeah. he, yeah, it sounds like he's more than just a coach. Yeah. Well, look, like I said, he's, uh, he is my boss. Um, he's been my coach now for quite a while, but the top of the list is, is, he's been a good friend. Mm. Um, no, that's awesome. Know, so. What excites you? What excites <laughs> me? Um, being carefree. Yeah. Um, literally, uh, doing the things that I want to do, literally waking up and going, you know, I feel like going for a skateboard, mm -hmm. getting on that skateboard and going. Yep. You That's know, cool. It, you know, getting to that mindset where I get to the weekend, I'm going to go for a drive. Yep. I'm gone. Yep. You know, like it's those little things. I guess are exciting, but for me, they're just relaxing and exciting at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I'm glad I'm not draining myself yep. all the time yep. doing shit. Yep. So. Has there been anything that's kept you up at night? Um, oh, many things. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a big, big thinker. Um, you know, so sometimes I'll get on a, bit of a thought process and my mind goes a hundred miles an hour mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I can sit there and toss and turn and think about it and think about it and think about it and stuff like that. Um, yeah. How do you deal with it to get to sleep? Do you write it down or do you just not, do you sleep well? It's, it's one of those things. Sometimes I will literally be like, my mind will go a hundred miles an hour for an hour or two. And then just, it'll just go, who cares? Yep. And then that's it. Done. I can fall asleep. How long does it take to get to the I don't care stage? Oh, it, it varies. Varies. <sighs> Man. So uh, do you sleep all right? Have you, have you like. Oh, no, I normally, normally sleep pretty well. Um, well, when I say I sleep well, like five hours a night is, is, Fuck. is pretty well what I get every night. Yep. Um, you know, so man, that's yeah. that's rough. What time do you like? Not to get too personal. What time do you go to bed? Wake up usually. Ah, uh, so nine nine thirty is roughly by the time I sort of get home from the gym. Um, you know, have a shower, have dinner, get everything ready for the next day. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, nine 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 thirty is by the time I hit the bed and mm -hmm. up at five past three. Jesus Christ. Okay. Far out. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> Fuck. Um, all right. What, what's the last book that you read or what are you reading at the moment? Uh, well, the last book was uh, 
James is yep. not a not, not a life, life coach. coach. Yeah. Yep. yep. Have you got anything uh, lined up next? Well, I bought uh, both his books, but I read Not a Life Coach first, even yep. though it's his second, second book. One. Yep, yep. Um, so I've just started the uh, Not a Diet book. Yep. Okay. So. Nice. If there's, I've, I'll, I've got some books to recommend to you. I think you might like them a lot. And if have you listened to Molly's episode of this? There was one I was listening to last night. I can't remember which one it was. Though. Okay. Yeah. Molly's. If you want want some good book recommendations, definitely get on contact with Molly from Hugh. Um, all right, man. Is it, what do you generally not understand? Generally not understand. Yeah. Um, well, this one actually sort of, yeah, it ties in with one of the other questions that I reckon you had there. And I'm going to spark a fair bit of controversy with mm-hmm. this is I don't believe in creating a divide in, in our world. And what I, what I mean by that is, um, take racism, for example, mm-hmm. right? Racism, sexism, mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff. Okay. People say, you know, you, you know, give power, say, um, racism, right? So white people, black people, Asians, whatever you want to say there. I don't believe in giving power to black people or white people, Asians, you know, we, we talk about, you know, um, with what happened um, over in America with um, that man getting shot and suddenly we're all in uproar about, you know, the uh, the racism and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe in what should happen then is we give power to black people. And, and what I say, what I mean when I say that is suddenly when you give people power, they get their backs up against every situation that happens. Mm-hmm. I believe, and this is just my personal opinion, instead of being like that, why are we not focusing on common sense, all right? So if I have a kid, that kid is going to be raised up to look at a white person, a black person, an Asian person, whether you're straight, whether you're gay, whatever, Mm -hmm. as a person. Yep. Not as a color, not as anything. That starts with how I bring that kid up. Yeah. Okay, so... Instead of giving power to people, why are we not raising a generation that looks at each other as humans? I mean, you cut any person open, I guarantee we all bleed red. Mm. Guarantee it. So why can't we all view each other like that? It's a fantastic question, man. And if you have the answer, you'd probably make a lot of money and probably win some Nobel Prizes, but... I think, I, I, it's just my opinion, but I think everything starts with the way you're brought up. I, I think everything starts with there. If you as a parent are someone who views Asians as, oh, you know, those geeky pricks from overseas that are constantly coming to Australia and taking all our jobs, mm. well, your kid is going to learn that. Yeah. Yep. You know, if you're the sort of parent who refers to black people as... The N-word. Yep. Yep. Um, your kid's going to know that. Your kid's oh, going to grow up and learn that. 100%. It, the apple does not fall far from the tree. I can see it. I can vouch you right here, man. When kids start swearing when they're in reception or you won, it's not because they know what it means. It's because it's being said at home. Yeah. Yep. So I think it all starts with, with us. Uh, you know, if we're going to raise a, a new generation, how do we change the stigma? 
well, it starts with you as mm. a parent. How you raise your kid is what that kid's going to be like. Mm. Yes, I know there's a lot of um, influencing factors from outside the family, you know, with the media, with video games, with shit they read in magazines, movies, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But if you are raising your child to look at people and treat them on their merits, yeah, then, I mean, I don't care if you're white, black, yellow, orange, whatever. If you're a good bloke, you're a good bloke. Mm. If you're a cunt, you're a cunt. Mm. Black and white, simple. Yeah, I, I wish it was that simple, man, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's it's true. I, I'd, I'd almost want to go into a time machine, or maybe not, but see when it all kind of started. Like when did, when, like I'd like to go back to like the black slavery mm. times and I'd like to go back to um, like even just like probably wouldn't want to go back to World War Two, but it's it's is it just a power thing? Is it that we're better? Is it a I'd yeah. I'd, it's you know, and this is just my view again, I'm no better than any other person here. Mm. You know, you walk into a room, you're no better than no. anybody in that room. No. And I have no idea what anybody in that room has done with their lives. Yeah. You know? It's it's one of those things. You never know what someone is like. Funny, I mean, again, I don't want to turn this into to me, but um, on Sunday, uh, a guy rocked up into the gym and I was like, oh, hey, man, how you going? He's like, oh, yeah, no, good. Just, do you mind if I can train today? I'm like, you know, it should be no worries. He's like, oh, do you want me to pay? I'm like, oh, no, nah, if it's just a once-off sort of thing and you're like, you know, you're a member at another gym, that's, that's no worries. Mm. Um, anyway, trained him like, Told him techniques like, oh man, that was really good. Like, you know, feeling it in like my lats doing the rows and stuff. I was like, oh no, that's no worries, man. It's like, oh, so what do you what do you do for work? He's like, oh, I'm a singer. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, what sort of like are you a crooner? He's like, oh no, nah, you know, I'm just performing tonight at the Robert Hill. And I'm like, okay, man, yeah, good luck, see you, man. Yeah. Anyway, and not to not to bring like I said, not to bring it to me. Long story short, it was uh, the lead singer of Human Nature. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's. Crazy, like Phil Burton is his name. If you if you wanted to know, um, just came to the gym and like he's just another bloke. Yeah, didn't yeah. use his status or anything. Just and uh, like he treated me nice, I treated him nice. Done, dusted. That's business. Yeah, I feel like if more of us were like that, like whoever walks up to you, it doesn't matter. And you know, I can take this as far as being you know in the fitness industry. If you're an overweight person, if you're a an absolutely muscular dude. If, if, if whatever you are, I'm going to treat you as a normal person mm. until you convince me otherwise. Mm. Like, if you're going to be a dickhead, mm. I'll treat you like a dickhead. Mm. But until then, you're you're a friend. Yep. You're a normal person. Yep. Like, and I'll treat you as such. Yeah. When was your biggest loss? Uh, 2019. November 22nd. I'm going to have to ask why. What's what's that? It uh, was when uh, I found out my first pony, Gizmo. Oh, yep. He, uh, yeah, he died. So. Was it natural or what? Uh, basically, so he lived on my parents' farm, um, which I sincerely regret like that I did not spend as much time down there as I should have been um, going to visit um, yeah they basically came out one morning and uh, they just 
found him in the paddock. So, how old was he? Uh, we sort of grew up together, so he would have been 26, 27. As in human years? Yeah. Holy, okay, again, I wouldn't, didn't think I'd ask another horse question, but how, what's the, what's the, I guess, mort- not, is it mortality rate? What's the word for like, how long does something live for? Uh, what's oh, a look, horse's it, look, it's, it, that ranges, you know, and lifestyle is a, a big influencer on that one. Um, obviously, I, I've known some that can get over 30. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, you know, 25 plus, they're getting on. Um, you know, and how did how did that affect you? Uh, gutted me. Um, it's and that uh, sort of flows on to another thing that I am as a person, and I don't know whether this is something broken inside of me or or whatever. But uh, I've been to my grandpa's um, funeral, mm. and like you know, I was down, but never cried. Mm-hmm. Never really, I guess truly felt upset yep um when gizmo died i was a wreck for a week i just all the memories like started flooding back through um stuff like that but with me i don't know animals like i i can't do animals like (laughs) you know i i had a a partner whose family dog died and i started tear up from that like Oh, yeah. Animals dying, if, 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 if I've had a close um, affection with them, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can't do it. But it seems to be with people, um, like I just don't feel that. Don't feel it yet? Well, I, I haven't to this point, um, you know, and I've known a few people that have passed, like friends and, and that. Not too many close family members yep um but yeah like i've worked with people um in the same week that and they've found out they've passed away um same sort of thing like you get that down feeling Mm. like Mm. you just sort of lost for words you don't you don't really want to talk you don't really anything like that but yeah when i when i've lost a close pet or animal Mm. like i just break That's, yeah, that's, I like the fact that, you know, to the date as well, that, you know, that tells me that it wasn't just a horse. I, uh, I have a, um, a picture of him, um, from years and years ago, we went to a a competition. It was a, um, a venting competition and, um, he threw me off eight times around a cross country course, Mm. kept getting back on and finished i was in tears by the time i got back to mum and dad and uh we were packing up and everything like i was red-eyed bawling my eyes out i was sick of it and found out i won this raffle for the day at the competition and it was a like a photo shoot yep um and we weren't going to get another chance the the lady was there okay we weren't going to get another chance to do it because like it was over at haywood or something okay we weren't going to go back and do it so mum and that said right we'll just do it now so saddled him back up and I'm sitting on him you can see in the picture that like I got bright red eyes from crying and and shit I was only a little kid um but I got that photo um one of my ex partners who I was with when he died she got it done as a frame Mm -hmm. for me with the date 
and everything. So I've got that oh, nice. at home. And, yeah. What's the best compliment you've ever received? The best. I actually thought about this this morning, and it went back to uh, when I was riding horses. I was down here. It was probably 2019. I was having like the year of my life. Yep. I, was, I was winning everything left and right. And I came down here to um, the Young Rider Carnival. We have once a year down here. It's a massive, basically, uh, 21 and under. Okay. Compete. Um, and I came down. I competed. I had like seven horses for the day. Every horse did two uh, events. And then I managed to jump clean and make it into a jump off, which is a speed round on every single horse. So, like, I never made a fault. For the entire day. I think I ended up doing like 35 rides or something mm. for the day. Um, and it was the same day that I turned 18 that uh, I did this. But uh, I came out and my boss's wife from Adelaide, she was at the gate. She came out, I reckon it must have been my second to last ride for the day or something. And she turned to me and she says, you know, all day long, you've looked like a passenger. And I immediately took it as an insult because if you're on a footy team mm. and you get called a passenger, mm. that means you're doing fuck all. Yeah. The team is carrying you along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what she meant was that, like, all day long I've made it look effortless. Yep. Like, nothing's been hard. I've yep. just made it look easy all day long. So I took it as an insult, but it turned out to be, yeah, one of the – because she did not give – compliment she used to ride me all the time and that was one of the only compliments i ever got off her that's that's cool man wow 18th so it was 18th birthday and you killed it yeah yeah and i died because i was wrecked by the end of the day <laughs> i was in bed yep yeah. didn't celebrate i think i had about two beers and then i'll just sleep all over all right man coming to the end now is there anything you wanted me to ask you or you want to share but you haven't had the opportunity uh, well, I guess, uh, you know, obviously, um, touching on this push-up challenge that I've been doing, um, this month. Um, so I'm doing it for mental illness, mm -hmm. um, trying to raise as much awareness for that as I can. Um, and more importantly, like I understand there's a lot of different aspects to mental illness that I can touch on, but the biggest thing for me, and we've already touched on it a little bit in this talk is giving people the chance to open up yep. and and making sure people are aware that there are many, many people who will just sit and listen. Mm. You know, I've had it with Zach um, and, you know, I've said to people before that I'm happy to listen to anyone. I don't care if I've met you or not. If you're having an issue, you want to reach out, like reach out. Like I don't need to be a doctor. I'm not going to mm. solve your, your problems. But in my experience, literally just telling someone, especially if you feel like it's something you've had to hide or, or keep inside for a long time, just letting it out is the biggest relief you mm. can have. Mm. Um, you know, and I'm not going to judge you. I mean, if people understood half the shit that I've been through, then, you know, you'd know that uh, there's no judging here. There's, you know, um, yeah, so that's something that I've uh, been pretty vocal about this last month doing some push-ups each day and uh doing that um we're gonna have a massive uh, fundraiser on saturday oh yeah at the gym dress up 
uh, workout. Nice, nice. The gym, so we're going to have a bit of fun with that and uh, see how we go. So I've got to ask, how many how many push-ups have you done? Uh, I think I looked at it last night. We've just ticked over 2,800. <sighs> That's a lot so, of push-ups. Yeah. We've How's got, your chest? It's uh, Corey at the gym. He's uh, been fixing me up every every, oh. every week. Perks. Um, getting uh, getting that massage in because it's yeah it's definitely because I've been doing it on top of sort of my normal training yep. as well. It's yep. uh, definitely copped a bit of a flogging, but um, no, nah, it's all for a good cause. So. Awesome, man. That's that's really really good. Is there anything you want to ask me? I was curious about uh, you know with the podcast where where did that idea come from and what made you bite the bullet? Um, well, uh, being a teacher, uh, you don't really have much of a social life. Uh, apart from teachers at school. And I approached one of the teachers asking some of the questions I'm asking now. And they're like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like Confucius or some mm. some Aristotle or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this won't sort of fly uh, at school. And then I just thought to myself, well, even if like, you know, it doesn't take off or whatever, it'd be cool to have like a my own audio library of people people's opinions and just thoughts and stuff and yep. even now I listen back to episodes of of play just to like see what my friends have said or just people that I look up to say so I've just got like this this literally collection of time of just opinions thoughts recommendations compliments things that work things that don't work yep. it's just yeah I just like it and I, I mean not that it's booming through the fucking roof but I mean it's picking up pace recently like it's it's just it's just fun yeah definitely and like it, it comes back to I mean if I've learned anything from us, it's don't judge a book by its cover for 100%. And the other is you have no fucking idea what people have gone through or Absolutely. are going through. And it's just, it's powerful. It's just words, but it's 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 resonating in so many people. And, um, you know, I think it comes back to you don't have to have tens of thousands of followers and stuff to make a difference. No, no. Um, and, I've like, I've had people message through and, just ask like especially like with the the single parent and growing up without a father issue it's just you can help you can help and like it's just it's good that you know i guess it comes back to there's someone that will listen to what you have to say absolutely absolutely all right man coming to an end now if there was a billboard that had your name down the bottom what would it say so what's the best tip or a quote that you live by You can do whatever you want now. Would now be in big, big letters or? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it goes on to what I was saying before about, you know, stop waiting. Yeah. If you want to do something, you'll find a way. Yeah. If I held a gun to your head and said, you must go do this, Oof. you will find a way. Yeah, 100%. Yep. All right, man. I guess last question. Here we go. If there's someone listening to this episode right now, what's the number one takeaway that you want? that person to absorb from our chat today uh again just go and live your life you know stop following the status quo Mm -hmm. um if you have something you want to do go and do it don't let people tell you you can't um you know it's been done time and time and time again i've said it probably a hundred times this episode like um you will find a way yes if you truly want to do something you will find a way. Man, it has been an absolute pleasure. No, I'm one. I have had a very good time. It's been awesome that you've been able to share the things that you shared. Um, and yeah, thank you for coming on. No, thank you. I appreciate that.
All right, guys, so if you've enjoyed this episode, um, recently I've been asking you to DM or screenshot or, you know, further up, ask some questions uh, about the episode, and that's been working really, really well, so keep that up. Um, also, if there's someone that you would like to appear on the show, um, send me a DM, um, or if you, have, yeah, if you have a recommendation or if you would like me to go, go after someone, send me a DM, and I'll, uh, just like Steve here, I'll go for it straight away, and... Uh, so far, it's, it's worked really well. So, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. No worries. Appreciate it.